Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Fact, Fiction or Bullshit. Or for all my new listeners out there, the FFB podcast for short. Hi, my name is PJ and every episode we'll delve into the unknown to look at the history, the facts, the theories and conspiracies then ultimately decide fact, fiction or bullshit. It's creepy past the time again, ladies, gents and people. As you know, this is going to be a little creepy and a little scary, and it might not be for everyone. So if it's not, if you just want to go through my list of episodes, I'm sure you will find something to suit your taste. As you know, I love creepy old buildings. There's something about them for me. And upon seeing them, the first thing I want to do is to go inside and explore. I know that sounds creepy, but I just want to look around and see what it looks like from the inside. I often watch the urban explorers on YouTube going to abandoned places, supposed haunted houses and time capsules. For me, ladies, gents and people, that sounds great. But is it? These places are treacherous. You don't know the condition of these buildings. For all you know, the floor or the ceiling could give way at any moment. To add to that, you don't know who could already be inside the property with you either. Let alone what sort of mindset they're in or what they're willing to do. Worse still, the place could be haunted. And this now leads me on to this creepypasta story. Where is the Colwell Bay Inn? Colwell Bay is situated on the outskirts of Freshwater on the Isle of Wight. It is a quaint title of being the island's largest village. Even though it's called the Colwell Bay Inn, it actually sits back from the bay via a 400 metre road. It's a massive building and straight away you can tell it's old. It has four stories including a cellar, which is normal for most old public houses. To be honest, it looked like it would have been a great pub to visit and have a few beers in. I say looked, because it's been shut down for at least 45 years. I passed the Colwell Bay Inn on an almost daily basis. It's always intrigued me, and it did look like it would have been a great place to go back in the day. But now it's a rundown old building with various scattered broken windows and a temporary metal fence placed all around the perimeter. I suppose it's there just to keep the kids out, I guess. Every time I walk past this place, I always stop and I look at a window just to see if I can see anything. Today is no different, and as I'm staring at one of the windows in the roof, I hear the biggest boo from behind me. I jump out of my skin. I look round, and it's my best mate B, and he is laughing his head off. He says, I told you this place is haunted, laughing as he did. I politely flicked him the bird before finding it funny myself. We still out tonight, he asks. Yeah, of course, I say. Usual place? LB bar, he replies. 5pm. Don't be late or first and last drinks are on you. This was kind of a ritual for us. If one was late, the forfeit was buying an extra drink. Neither of us minded that rule, though, to be honest. As per usual, me and B had a great evening, sitting in their garden, drinking beer, watching the sea and the world go by as we cracked jokes with each other. As the evening wore on, the weather started to take a turn. The wind picked up and there was a chill in the air. It seemed to get dark real quick like it was about to rain. We took no chances and moved indoors. We ordered two more drinks and find a table. When we sit down, he asked, do you think that place is haunted then? I reply, I don't think so. But if a place was to be, it would definitely be the inn. And this is when he says, you know, when I was walking home the other night, I thought I'd see someone in there, up on the third floor. His face dead serious. I say, you mean the window I was looking at? Yes, he replies as he starts to laugh. I was about to unleash a flurry of colourful language in his direction, but then I heard it. The last bell. 
I look at him, for that you get the last one too. He chuckles and just goes to the bar. It's just gone 11 as we leave the LB bar. As we walk down the steps to the road to lead us back home, the unthinkable happens. It starts to spit of rain. I hope we don't get any worse than this, I reply. The thing about Freshwater is the buses stop at just gone 10 and many cabs are few and far between. So to get anywhere this time of night, you're walking. As we get further up the road, the rain gets heavier. And that's when we see the first fork of lightning strike somewhere over on the downs. As we get to the top of the road opposite the Colwell Bay Inn, the heavens open. I look at B to say, just our luck. And that's when he points to the door and says, look, it's open. You always said you wanted to explore that place. Let's go in and do it. Plus, it gets us out of this rain. I don't know if it was Dutch courage or pure stupidity that made me say, yeah, okay. As we approached the door, I realised B was right. The single door was just blowing open in the wind. We found a gap in the fence and entered onto the front patio area. As we approached the door, I said to B, wow, we're really doing this. I looked at him and he just yawned playfully. We are now standing on the threshold of the door and he was like, you first, this is your thing. I just strode right in like I owned the place. And to be honest, it was nice to get out of the rain. We explored the ground floor and second floor and to be truthful, it was quite boring. It was just empty. What we both found surprising though was that nothing was locked. In fact, nothing had locks in. No doors, no windows, not even any padlocks. This is when we found the next flight of stairs leading to the third floor. B was like, the third floor, in his best Kevin McAllister voice. I chuckled as I started to climb the stairs, and it's when I got to the top that I stopped in my tracks like I'd seen a ghost. What's up, B asks. We're not alone, I say. What do you mean, he replied, let me up. As I move forward into what is just one whole room in the roof area, it becomes clear to us that someone's been sleeping in there. There was an old stained double mattress in the corner with an old knitted blanket screwed up on the floor next to it and an old fashioned lantern with a box of matches on a table in the other corner of the room. There were newspapers scattered on the floor everywhere. No one has been staying here, we would have seen them. This must have been here ages. That's when I pick a newspaper up off the floor and look at the date. No, not ages, I reply. Yesterday as I show him the newspaper with yesterday's date on top of it. He looked more shocked than me. Come on bro, he says, let's get out of here. We run down the stairs and as we get closer to the front door, the rain is heavier than ever. We can hear it smashing off the windows that still have glass in. We start to slow as if actually spending the night with whoever lives in here would be better than going out into the rain. And that's when we notice a door to the cellar. B looks at me. Come on, he says, they ain't here. Just this last floor then we split no matter what the weather. Reluctantly I agree and we head down the stairs. We both get our phones out and turn the torch function on. And just like the first and second floors, this floor was pretty boring too. All apart from the door at the far end. It was a door which looked like it headed into the building's foundation. But this door was different to any other door in the house. For this door had four separate padlocks and four bolts on. What are they doing with bolts on the outside, I asked B. And that's when he says, look at the note. I shine my light onto the note. Do not open. Ever. If you do, you'll be forever trapped at red. Right, that's it, I've had enough, I say to B. Come on, we're leaving. We climb the stairs back up to the bar area, and as we walk through the door, B is like, look, the rain, it's stopped. Fuck the rain, I said, I just want to get out of here. We exit the door and go through the hole in the fence. 
We walk along the public walkway that goes down the side of the inn. B whispers, Paige, look up at the third floor. Fuck you, B, I'm not falling for that again. Just fucking do it, he says. This shocked me, as all the time I've known him, I've never heard him swear. So I know it must have been something. I look up at the third floor, and that's when I see a flickering light emanating from the room that we've just been in. It looked like it was coming from the lamp. Needless to say, at that point, me and B just ran. I got home and messaged B immediately. You home? I asked. I was relieved when I see that he was typing. Yep, he replied, in bed already. Next time we walk the long way, I ain't going past that place again. I agree. See you in a week, bro, I put. I wandered off to bed around 3am. It seemed like we was only wandering around the inn for about 20 minutes, but in reality it was a few hours and I was beat. I was asleep before my head hit the pillow. I bowled up just an hour later, sweating with a major headache. And that's when I heard a voice in my head. It was like hearing a voice through a hands-free kit, but without the headphones. It just kept repeating, I see you at my door, why did you not let me out? The thing that really creeped me out was, that this voice sounded like that of a child. I took some tablets and reassured myself that this was all in my head. My mind was overreacting. I went back to sleep and did not wake up until well in the afternoon that day. The sun was shining on me. To go with this, my head was pounding. I went to the kitchen and took some more tablets before hitting the shower. I got dressed and thought, let me go for a walk to try and clear my head. I locked my front door, walked out my garden, and that's when the voice returned to my head. I see you at my door. Why did you not let me out? And this was all I heard for the next 20 minutes or so. What I did not realise was at the time, I continued walking and I was now standing at the entrance to the Colwell Bay Inn. Thankfully the voice had now stopped, but my thoughts were running wild. What's behind the door I thought? Could there be a child in there? Should I call the police? Why eight locks? Surely it can't be that bad. I breathed out and thought, right, calm down. You can't call the police. If there's nothing in there, they'll think you're crazy. Then it will be, how did you know about the door? And I really did not want to get arrested for breaking and entering. The place had been abandoned for like ever. No one could survive that long locked in a room with no light. Curiosity is dangerous and already it was consuming me. And before I knew it, I was banging on the door shouting, is anyone home? No reply. Great, I thought as I entered the inn and headed for the cellar. Before I got there, I found a large rock on the floor. I picked it up as this would help smash them padlocks off. Before I knew it, this door was right in front of me. I had my torch on and I began to open up the bolts. They were stiff and you could tell they'd been locked for a very long time. I eventually managed to undo all four. The padlocks, however, were a lot easier to break open. Four taps and they all splintered. They looked as old as the door which looked ancient itself. Just one thing remained and that was to open the door. I pushed down the handle and opened the door and what I see completely shocked me. It shocked me as it was empty and I mean completely empty. It was just a stonewalled room four foot square and about eight foot high and it had nothing inside at all. You idiot I thought. It's a good job you did not call the police. With that I climbed the stairs and headed out of the inn. I got home and that's when the rain started. It was just after 11pm and I was sitting in my front room watching TV when I thought I heard someone knock on my kitchen window. What the fuck I thought. I went to the kitchen and lifted the curtain and that's when I fell backwards. Staring straight at me were two sets of eyes. One of an old lady and one of an old man. I get up and go to the curtain again. I lift it feeling violated that someone has done this to me. Come onto my property. But when I looked, 
There was no one there. Get a grip, Paige, I thought. And that's when I heard my letterbox lift up and a voice say, What have you done? We warned you with the note. Do not open, ever. You will have to take his place now. And that's when the letterbox shut. I opened my front door to confront them, but there was no one there. I ran out my garden and tried to look up and down the road, but it was empty. What had just happened, I thought. Who were these people? After a completely shit day at work, I was walking home. I was stressed. Not from work, but just what had happened over the last few days. I could not concentrate. I was in a world of my own. And that's when I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn round and it's an old man. At least 90 years of age. However, he looks familiar to me. You don't know what you've done, he says. You, I went. You were in my garden. You don't know what you've done. He is here to haunt us. The inn has haunted us since 1805, until we made a sacrifice to appease it. And it was that young boy that we sacrificed to please the demon of the inn. And now the demon is back and will not let us rest in peace. I don't care, you crazy fucker, I replied. That would make you over 200 years old. Get out of my way, I said. I shoved past him and headed home. I tried calling B, but could get no answer. And before I knew it, I drifted off to sleep. I awoke the next morning feeling more relaxed than I had the previous few days and I decided that a long walk would be nice. Clear my head, cleanse my soul a bit. I was out for about five hours exploring the woods and that's when I hear that same voice in my head again. Thank you, he says. I've been in there for over 200 years. You saved me and I'm sorry. Sorry about what, I replied. However, I received no answer. I carried on walking the rest of the day and I was now heading home. The only problem was is I had to walk past the inn. Fuck it, I thought, I don't care. I got to the public footpath next to the inn and I headed down it, and that's when I see them. Two greystone in the inn's back garden. What the fuck, I thought? I'd been walking down this path for ages and I'd never seen them. I squeezed through the gap in the fence and went over to read the inscriptions on the headstones. Here lies husband and wife and owners of the Colwell Bay Inn who tragically lost their lives in unknown circumstances, along with their son whose body could not lie to rest with them. Son who could not lie to rest with them, I thought, and that's when it hit me. And it was not an idea, but more a rock crashing into the back of my skull, knocking me unconscious. As I begin to come to, I realise I'm being dragged down into the cellar by an old man, and what I now know to be his wife. They place me in this room, and as she walks out, she starts to put padlocks on the door. No, I whisper. Then her husband picks up the rock and smashes it into my face, killing me instantly. What amazed me most is that I awoke. I knew I was dead, but I was awake and now trapped in this room. And that's when I heard that voice again. I'm sorry. For what? I cried out. The only way you can leave that room and be in peace is for someone to open the door and let you out. Except the person who lets you out is now destined to take your place. That is the way of the inn. It's up to you who you want to choose, but know this, they will take your place. Then the voice faded away. I had no idea of time. It could have been 20 minutes or 20 years. And that's when I heard it. A child's voice from the other side of the door. Wow, what a chilling episode. Just so you ladies, gents and people know that this inn is still there in Colwell Bay. And it looks exactly the way I described it. I will post a picture on my socials just so you all can see and realise that something similar could take place as it does look scary as anything. Just so you know people, I have a few things planned coming up 
I'm looking at putting the podcast on YouTube and I'm looking at sometime in February. As I know, not everyone enjoys listening with headphones and this is just another way to get it out to the masses. I'm also going to be putting out an email address just so that if anybody has an idea for a podcast or want me to look into something and give it the FFB treatment, I can. And it would be good to interact with some of you as well. So just remember, if you like the podcast, share the podcast. Also, if you can give me a follow, that would be really appreciated. So look after yourselves and each other. And until next time.